Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers, so consider yourself warned and stuff. So, there. I haven't really quite figured out how to open these episodes up yet. So let's just start the show and stuff. Please. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, and my name's Steven. Are you all sitting comfortably? I hope you are, because I need you to, to, to sit somewhere that has some straps or some kind of locking device. Basically, I need you to buckle in, folks, because we're gonna we're gonna go on a ride. We're gonna go on a roller coaster of just freaking great comics here today, folks. One particular comic, in fact. The second issue to the wrong earth. We've talked about issue one already. Now we're going to talk about issue two. This was written by Tom Pear with art by Jamal Igel, inks by Juan Castro, colors by Andy Troy, and letters by Rob Stein. This was also created by the dynamic duo that is Tom Pear and Jamal Igel. Now this issue, just like I did with the first issue, this does contain some backup material. It's got a story by Paul Constant with art by Tom Feister. It's got other stuff in here. It's it's got a they have been really good about packing these issues full of stuff to really get the most bang for your buck. I'm not going to talk about any of the back matter during these episodes. I'm just going to talk about the main story. Maybe once I go through all six issues, of this first series. Maybe I'll go back and talk about the back matter. I don't know. But I'm talking about these specifically because A, I freaking loved them. This was a great series. But I'm also getting y'all prepared for January because the second series is coming out in January and I want you guys to be ready for it, or at least the new series. There was some sort of uh, prequel series, I believe. I haven't read that yet. I don't want to comment on it. I feel like it was a prequel of some sort, but I don't know anything about it because it doesn't have the exact same creative team on it. So I haven't really had a chance to check it out. But the new series that's coming out in January is a continuation. We we get your six issues here with the first series and it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. Not a huge one. You get the story, but there's some unanswered questions. And so I'm hoping we're going to get those questions answered with the second series. And it's the same creative team going on in the second series. But to get you caught up, since we did an episode already about issue number one, I'm going to read to you real quick from the little paragraph that they put on the inside cover just entitled, Previously. Are you sitting comfortably? Did I ask that already? I think I did. 
Earth Omega's Dragonfly and Earth Alpha's Dragonfly Man pass through strange mirrors and become stranded on each other's worlds, along with both versions of their arch enemy, Number One. Number One Omega viciously assaults Stinger, Dragonfly Man's young partner, while Earth Omega's corrupt police shoot Dragonfly Man. That's how it ends. That's how that first issue ends. You're like, what? I mean, if you were reading this monthly, you put down that first issue and went, holy crap, I got to wait a whole month to find out what happened? Well, yes, you do. I mean, not anymore because you can get the trade. So we open up in Earth Alpha. We're at a place called the Mustard Clinic and Dragonfly is there with Stinger in a hospital bed. Now, again, Dragonfly is from Earth Omega. Dragonfly Man is from Earth Alpha. They're on the wrong Earth. Get it? Get it? That's the title. They're on the wrong earth. So Dragonfly Man is sitting at the bedside, the hospital bedside of Stinger, and he's asking him some questions because we learn that the Stinger of Dragonfly's world, Earth Omega, has died. He's no longer around. And so Dragonfly is kind of kind of having a hard time with this when he sees this kid. And so he asks him, What's your real name? Give me your real name. And the kid's like, I don't want to do that. Come on. And he's, he goes, you, besides, you know, you know the answer to that question. And Dragonfly says, I'm testing you. I want to see if you have all your faculties after being, you know, assaulted like that. And so he tells him his name is Chip Andrews. And Dragonfly is just, he's, like I said, he's freaking out because here's a kid who died on his watch and now he's alive in this world. And he's asking him more questions just to see if it's the same kid. And it's not. He knows that. But we do learn because he asked the kid, why did you start fighting crime? And the kid says, my parents were evil criminals just like yours. And so Dragonfly Man had taken Chip in to help him fight crime. And Dragonfly even asks Stinger to take off his mask. He wants to really look at his face. And the kid doesn't want to at first. What if somebody walks in? He says, don't worry, I've locked the doors and I've blocked the cameras. Nobody's going to see. Then he takes his mask off and Dragonfly's like, well, crap. It's you. It's you. You've been dead. I mean, he doesn't tell the kid this. And the kid doesn't even really quite realize at this point that this is not his Dragonfly man. And it's not, I mean, for us, the reader, it is super obvious. They're both, their costumes are different. There are very big differences in their costumes. Um, but, but the Stinger, he doesn't, he's, he, he doesn't quite see this yet. Granted, he was stabbed or something in the first issue and he's in a hospital bed and he's kind of out of it. But Dragonfly, once he sees that Stinger is the same kid that he saw die back on his world, he just kind of falls back in his chair and the kid says, are you okay? Dragonfly just says, I'm, I'm just tired. And then we go to Earth Omega and where, when we were last there, Dragonfly Man had been shot by the cops. So the cops are standing over him. He's bleeding out. And one of these cops is like, we're not going to get any money out of him if he dies. Call an ambulance. Because they shot him down, and then they took his mask off, and they realized he was this rich dude, this rich, famous financier guy. And now they're now they're kind of flummoxed because they they know his secret, and they know that they can blackmail him to get money out of him to keep his secret or sell his secret to the highest bidder. But they can't do that if the guy's dead. And and the two cops, the, the one asks the other one, he says, did he seem different to you? And the other cop says, well, he seems different to everybody since the kid died. So that tells us that maybe, maybe Dragonfly's world might have been a little bit different. Maybe it was the kid dying that turned him 
you know, into this grim and gritty guy? I don't think so, because one kid dying isn't going to change the entire world, but it has certainly changed the way he fights crime. And we don't know how long ago this kid has died. They haven't really... They haven't really talked about that yet. So they're getting ready to call the ambulance and one of the one of them stops the other and he says, "Now hold on, we have to explain, you know, we need this ambulance to come in. We need to save this guy's life, uh, you know, otherwise we're not going to get rich. But we need to come up with a reason why our bullets are inside of him." And it's at this point that Dragonfly man speaks and in a very weak voice he says, "Officers." And they lean down to him and he just he he just starts kicking their butts. He just, he takes them out pretty quick and pretty easy. Now, there's a very subtle difference. When you're in Earth Omega and Earth Alpha, there's a very subtle difference. And I, I'm, I'm not really good at picking up on this kind of stuff. And I'm sure it's being done on purpose. Um, but Earth Omega does seem a little bit darker than Earth Alpha. Earth Alpha, the colors are brighter. Um, and then the colors in Earth Omega are darker and it always seems to be raining and it's nighttime. But the panels are all, well, most of them, most of the panels, like this particular page I'm looking at where Dragonfly Man is taking out these cops, it's four wide panels. So they're kind of going with this whole widescreen type of look with these pages. And even the next page, it's three, there are five panels on the next page. The first three are these wide across the page panels, whereas the bottom is two, two, uh, two panels on the bottom. So I'm sure that's done on purpose. They're not all like that on Earth Omega, but it is, it is like that quite a bit. Another big difference is the color of the paper outside of the panels is black, whereas on Earth Alpha, the color of the paper outside of the panels is white. So Dragonfly Man takes out these two cops. He handcuffs them both. He calls the police and tells them to bring an ambulance because when he came through into this world, he discovered that there was a boy, uh, a teenage boy, that number the, the number one of Omega, Earth Omega, so we'll call him number one Omega. He had kidnapped this kid and he was using a blood transfusion, I guess, to, to keep him going or to keep him, I don't know, youthful i don't i I don't quite remember but dragonfly man is is basically telling the cops that they need to come and get this kid because this kid needs help and it's kind of a really funny scene here because dragonfly man takes the cops uh radio says dispatch dragonfly man here and dispatch says dragonfly this channel is reserved for law enforcement personnel only are there officers with you and dragonfly man says none worthy of the name so he directs them here to this place he tells them that they're going to find a police car that's unattended and that they need to prepare to tow it back to police headquarters. And then he signs off. He takes both the cops and he puts them into the dragon wagon, which would be Dragonfly's or Dragonfly Man's version of the Batmobile. He locks them up inside. There's like a holding area inside the thing. And then he goes back to this kid to let him know that help is coming. And he presses something into his palm. And he says, if, if, if you need anything else, if you need more help, if you need anything, contact me. And when he removes his hand, there's like this dragonfly emblem on his hand and it's glowing. So I don't know. Obviously, it's some kind of biomechanical signal device or something that has now been embedded in this kid's hand. And so then he, he takes the mirror that he came out of because there, it's a big full-length mirror that the two both walked out of in each world. And then he goes back to, or he's taking the cops back to his secret headquarters. And this is where we get the explanation of how he survived being shot. Because he was shot like at least twice. 
And it's a very Silver Age way for him to survive being shot. Cop asks him, we shot you. I saw you bleed. Why aren't you dead like you ought to be? And Dragonfly Man says, it's quite simple, really. When I arrived at the old abandoned gear factory, I sensed the air was thick with menace. So I swallowed a precautionary anti-bullet antidote capsule. A compound of my own devising, it transmutes the metals commonly found in bullets into a protein that heals wounds in mere minutes. That's awesome. I just think that's freaking funny as crap. And one of the cops, after hearing this explanation, he goes, Ha! You expect me to believe that crock of bleep? He says the S word there. Dragonfly man slams his foot down on the brake, brings the dragon wagon to a screeching halt, goes in the back and gags the guy, saying, Profanity is the mark of a poor vocabulary, officer. It only serves to cheapen your message. Back in Earth Alpha, Dragonfly is in the bug house, which is a secret attic headquarters in the Fame Tower in Fortune City. This is where his secret hideout is at the in this attic of this big building. And he's looking at the mirror and he, he taps it a couple times and he's trying to figure out how he may have gotten there. And then he starts looking around the hideout and he finds a trophy cabinet with trophies and, you know, stuff that Dragonfly Man has collected over his career. Newspaper clippings, photographs of himself and various trophies and whatnot. And uh, Dragonfly thinks that that's pretty silly. Then suddenly a, a communication comes in. There's a big wall monitor, or a big monitor on the wall that's shaped like a dragonfly or the dragonfly symbol. And suddenly on the monitor are these two guys. And one looks like somebody you might see in a Monopoly game. He's wearing a top hat. He's got a suit with an, a white ascot. And he's got a sash on that says president. And they're telling him that he needs to be on alert because a super criminal named Triviac is back to be devilous. And they show a picture of Triviac, and he's just like this dude. In if you were to take a graduation cap and gown and turn it into a superhero outfit, that's what this guy looks like. And he's the Riddler. He's their version of the Riddler. He sent a trivia question that they need to that they need to solve that they need to answer, which is there to taunt them about his uh, spectacular next uh, jewel robbery. And as Dragonfly are looking at the both of them, he suddenly says out loud, I know you. The big guy with the top hat and the sash is Henry Noble, president of Fortune City Bank. As he is saying this, we're seeing a flashback from his world, Earth Omega. And we see the same guy in a regular suit and he's being arrested. He points out the other guy is Mayor Shankford. And the flashback we see from his world is the mayor is in bed with two women and there's a guy uh, at the door and it's a mot you can see it's a motel because there's a number on the door and the guy is there taking pictures. So he was get he was caught in a scandal and he asked the question that I think is a very important question. What kind of hero takes orders from a banker? And they explain why are you making it sound like that? First of all, you don't take orders from anybody. We're just here to advise you on what's happening and to just let you know where some crimes might be taking place in case, you know, you need to go take that that stuff out. You need to go stop that stuff. And the mayor says, now as to Triviac's diabolical clue and Dragonfly just says, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time on a freaking jewel robber. Are you serious? That's not a real crime. The police can deal with a real crime, with a crime like that. I am going to go try to find number one, who is not of your world. He's of my world. And he's a freaking psycho. 
and you need me to stop him. And as he's telling him them this, we're getting uh, intercut a scene with number one who's standing outside of a church and he goes into the church and there's a choir singing and he's kind of spying on the choir singing and then he pulls a freaking straight razor out of his pocket. And then that's the last we see of him in this issue. We don't know what he does by the end of this issue, but we have to assume that he did some pretty bad things in that church. But Dragonfly kind of, he hangs up on the mayor and the bank president and the mayor says, of all the nerve, Bank President Noble, I hate to ask, but does Dragonfly Man seem right to you? And the bank president says, don't sell the winged war horse short, mayor. Surely this is part of some ingenious master plan to vanquish Triviac. We go back to the Dragonfly's perch. So in Earth Alpha, Silver Age, it's the bug house. That's where Dragonfly hangs his hat or Dragonfly Man hangs his hat. In Earth Omega, modern day. It's called the Dragonfly's Perch. And he's got a holding cell where he sticks, Dragonfly Man sticks these two cops. And they're pretty upset about that, of course. You know, this is kidnapping, one of them says. Dragonfly Man responds with just, said the blackmailer, unfortunately for you, I am authorized by state, local, and federal authorities to detain criminals at my discretion, which may have been true back in his world, but not in this world. They're telling him, look, we, well, yeah, we were going to blackmail you, but you know, it was a mistake. We won't tell anybody. We promise. And Dragonfly Man's like, yeah, right. I can't trust you guys. And one of the cops says, you can't keep us here forever. And we can't unknow what we know. And Dragonfly Man, as he's walking away, he just turns slightly back to them with a knowing little smile on his face. And he says, there are surgical remedies, which I have to assume at that point, the cops kind of poop their pants. I just kind of have to assume. So Dragonfly Man takes a little digital recorder out of his pouch. He records a little installment for his Dragonfly Man crime-fighting file journal, and he's talking about this other world that he's in, and he doesn't quite like it. It's he, you know, he can see that it's dark and dismal, and he realizes that the Dragonfly of this world doesn't have a connection to the authorities like he does. He works with the police. He works with the people in charge and he helps solve crimes with, you know, working alongside these people. But he can tell that this dragonfly does not do that. He is not connected to the police. He may even be wanted by the police. And he finds that kind of sad. And as he's looking around, he finds a bottle of alcohol, which also makes him kind of sad. A crime fighter under the influence, he says. The mind boggles at the dereliction of duty to say nothing of the poor example it sets. And he dumps the alcohol out. But then he admits to himself that he probably really shouldn't judge this guy because He's looking at this computer screen and he's seeing stuff about uh, nursing home abuser, quote, I do it again. Uh, study shows that 34% are criminally insane and just various things like this. And he realizes that he's in very dark surroundings. So he can't really judge the guy too much for wanting to escape in the alcohol. But he dismisses all that because he realizes that he has to figure out how to get out of this world. He has to get back to his home world. He doesn't know what happened to his number one. He assumes that his number one is probably not doing very well in this world as well because they come from a much less violent world. And as he's saying this, we do see that his number one from Earth Alpha has been tied to a chair and has been gagged. So Dragonfly Man 
takes his mask off. He puts a robe on. He goes downstairs into the penthouse and he goes down to talk to Stinger, who he assumes is alive in this version of reality. And he goes down to where Stinger's room would be and he knocks on the door. Stinger doesn't answer, so he just assumes that he's asleep. Never mind, he says, let him sleep. A crime fighter needs his good night's rest if he's to fight again tomorrow. And that leaves us on our final page. It's a splash page of the inside of Stinger's room. There is a big like poster of Stinger or at least the kid, Chip, who is Stinger. It's like a school picture of him or something. And there's black curtains around it, like a memorial. There are uh, flowers and various toys and a baseball bat and, and a glove with a baseball and skateboard and various things sitting on the kid's bed as if Dragonfly placed them there in memorial to the loss of this kid. And again, we don't know how long this kid has been dead, but it's a very kind of sad way to end this book. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger like issue number one did. We don't get to this last page and go, holy crap, I have to read that next book. We do feel that way, or at least I do, when I got to that last page, but it's more of a sad, sad ending. You know, you want to know what's what happened to, to Chip. I don't recall if we learned that in these first six issues or not, but something happened to the kid. I'm assuming we'll, we'll find out later. We don't know what's happened to uh, number one alpha tied up to a chair. What's going to happen to him? We don't, there's just a lot of questions so far in this, but it is so good. It's such a good, it's a great idea. It's a great book. The art again is beautiful. I hope that you're reading this along with me and I hope you go on to read the next series when it comes out in January. Jamal Igel has been posting various things every once in a while up on Twitter, on Instagram, just various panels and whatnot that he's working on. And it just, as gorgeous as this book is, these first six issues, what he's working on for the next series is just even six to 10 notches above that. I really like this idea that in Earth Omega, it is a more realistic world, despite the fact that we have somebody like Dragonfly running around in a Dragonfly costume and fighting crime. You know, of course, somebody like that would not be working with the authorities. Of course, they would be hunted by police. And of course, the police would be corrupt because, you know, believe what you want to believe. A few bad apples or not, there's something wrong with the police departments in this country. There's something under the surface there that needs to be fixed. And that's the kind of world we have in Earth Omega. Whereas Earth Alpha, again, it's brighter. And I think a lot of that has to do with just simply taking the pages, the paper that's underneath the panels and having them be white in Earth Alpha and having them be black in Earth Omega. You just, it's such a stark contrast. You almost don't need to know. They're really good about giving you a caption. When you turn a page and you leave Earth Alpha and you go into Earth Omega or vice versa, they're really good about giving you that caption to let you know Earth Omega, Earth Alpha. But because of that color contrast of the background on the pages, you don't really need that. Suddenly the world becomes darker or suddenly the world becomes brighter and you know which world you're on because of that. Anyway, like I said, I hope you guys are reading this with me. Let me know. Shoot me an email, feedback at stephenorels.com. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Go to the, the Facebook page for just another fanboy. Let me know. Let me know how, every, how, how, let me know if you're enjoying the book because it is something special. I don't think it gets 
the attention that it should be getting. I think that there, there obviously people are reading it. It's put out by Ahoy Comics. And obviously there are people reading it because whenever I post about it, I will get the occasional reply from somebody who, you know, love this series, can't wait for more, stuff like that. Um, but I don't, I really don't think it's it's got the attention that it really deserves. I wouldn't be surprised. And in, in, in my mind, this feels like the kind of book that 20 years from now, 20, 30, 40 years from now, I think people who are like this generation of new comic book readers that have just started reading comics over the last decade or so, I think this is going to be one of those books that they look back upon two or three decades into the future when, you know, two or three decades from now, they're going to look back on and they're going to think of a, of a book like this the same way that comic readers of my generation think of Dark Knight Returns or The Watchmen or Daredevil Born Again. You know, those kinds of stories that were just something that was different. It was the superhero genre that was done in a way that hasn't been done before. And I think that's what that's what Tom Pear and Jamal Igle have going with the wrong earth. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up, folks. I invite you to come over to the to like the Facebook page. I've already talked about all that. Please rate us over on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to the episodes through YouTube, like the episode, do all that stuff. Share the word, spread the word, Thunderbird, all that. Tell folks about the show. I would appreciate it very much. If you want to throw a little support my way, you can do that over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or link will be in the show notes. Notes. Don't, ah, not sure why I said notes, but the link will be in the show notes. You can become my patron for as little as a dollar a month, and then you will also get the other podcast I do, which is called My Other Podcast. And it's pretty much this show. It's not that much different than Just Another Fanboy. I just read a lot of comics during the week. And Just Another Fanboy is not enough time for me to talk about all the comics I read. And so I talk about some of them over on my other podcast. I also talk about other stuff. Sometimes I talk about the podcast, you know? So join me over there. Be part of the fun over there. Read The Wrong Earth. Catch up, folks. If you haven't read them yet, get out there. Get the issues. Read them. Read them along with me. Get ready for Series 2 that's coming out in January. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Stay safe. And vote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 